beginning of January where we're going to enter into a time of fasting and prayer and just seeking the Lord for the year. It's a tremendous time of coming to, together as, as the church does. How many of you know that in the early church in the book of Acts, one of the things that marked that church was that they were a house of prayer. They understood the power and the magnitude of become, coming together. A lot of people don't understand the, the purpose of the corporate gathering. But the coming together is a very biblical reason. Some people think, well, I don't need the house of God. I can stay home and watch Paul Crouch and TBN. And, and by the way, I think that that's great. And there's some awesome ministries on television. But there's a reason why God sets the solitary in families. Amen. In other words, God intended for you to be affirmed and to be recognized and related to. Do you know that? You have something to offer. Everyone say, I have something to offer. You do. You have something. And there is an expression that's in the New Testament, and it's called fruit. Jesus said that I, I want you as branches to bear forth fruit. Amen. And all of you are to be fruit bearing. And the only way you can bear forth fruit is if you're connected to the vine. Amen. And so our intent and purpose is to be connected to Jesus. But to be connected to Jesus, remember what Jesus referred himself to. He called himself the head of the body. You cannot separate the body from the head. How many of you know you got a decapitated situation there? But, but in order to be connected with Jesus, you've got to be connected to his people. Amen? And so we need each other. And you may say, well, Pastor Ray, I don't like people. Being around people is where problems exist. Well, he knew that. Amen. That's why in John 17, he looked down the ages of time and in Jesus' prayer, he prayed that the spirit of unity and love would come into the body because there would be people coming together with different backgrounds, ethnicities, and different races, and different traditions. And, and he puts us all in one pot and he says to love one another. Amen. How many of you know that that's a challenge? You know, and yet in our society, it's, it's amazing. In fact, I, I live in the Garland area here. It's, it's amazing how even different ethnic groups, they tend to coagulate, come together, and we, we tend to stick with our own kind. But that's not what Jesus intended for his body. How many of you know he called his church the house of prayer for all nations? He intended that his house become a church that represents a place where there's going to be honor and glory and unity and love and respect for all nations. Let me tell you, folks, the world is not looking for more miracles in the church. They're not looking for more programs for us in passing out sandwiches in the community. That's not what the, the world is really looking for people who reflect true honor and respect for one another and really respect and love for one another. Amen? Amen? And so we find that even in the New Testament, when Jesus said, I will build my church, the building of his church was not just building a crowd, not just building a place where people come and experience even his presence, but the building of his church involved the building of people who actually look 
and act and talk and walk like Him. That's what the church is all about. The goal of the church is to be like Him. Amen? And to be like Him means that we're going to act like Him, walk like Him, talk like Him, love like Him, and even die like Him. He wants us to be followers. How many followers do we got out there? Well, we need to have a salvation service. Praise God. Oh, God help us. Amen. Well, we're to be followers of Jesus. Well, Jesus hasn't been born yet. In the book of Luke, there are four chapters in the Gospels that are given to the Christmas story. Matthew 1, Matthew 2, Luke 1, and Luke 2. Those are four chapters are given to the Christmas story. And in the Christmas story, you have five major encounters. All of them have certain components that are consistent with each other. Number one, all of them involve the, uh, the encounter with angels. Angels encountered these individuals. The second thing that is synonymous with all these encounters is that when these angels encountered them, these individuals, all of them, the Bible says, were troubled and they were afraid. Amen? It didn't say they had a lot of excitement. They were troubled. The third thing is that all of them were interrupted from their normal course of life and their agenda. This is the Christmas story, by the way. Amen? And fourthly, it all has a plan and a purpose that had to do with a major shift in the way these people would live for the rest of their life. How many of you know the Christmas story is about a shift? Everyone say a shift. Now I know that today in many church homes and houses of God throughout the nation, we've got cantatas and plays and choirs and everyone's singing about Christmas and that's great. And we, most of the time, we celebrate Christmas Many do, many don't understand this, but many people celebrate it in its historical setting. Well, thank God Jesus was born of a virgin Mary and Joseph and, you know, the guiding star that led the Magi priest to Bethlehem to, to worship the king and to offer the incense and the golden myrrh and all. And we kind of celebrate the historical setting without really understanding the true meaning of what the Lord's trying to convey. Amen. And so my, my point this morning in just sharing some thoughts with you is to really just bring a, a, a message and bringing something to you, hopefully you can go with this, is that God, even in this season, wants to bring a personal encounter in your life. He wants you to encounter something that's going to bring a shift. Everyone say shift. See, God's going to bring you out of the ordinary into the extraordinary. He's going to move you from something in just the way the natural uh, run of the mill wants to bring you into an understanding of what it is to be supernatural. And that's what the Christmas story is about. We're going to start with Zechariah, Luke chapter 1. Notice what it says. And I'm going to move through these really quickly, bring some thoughts and dismiss Notice Luke chapter 1, verse 11. The angel of the Lord appeared to Zechariah, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw, he was troubled. Everyone say troubled. And fear came upon him. Here's a priest. His, 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 his purpose 
was to intercede on behalf of the people to pray as a priest. He was a teaching priest. He was an interceding priest to offer prayers on behalf of the people. They intercede to make atonement. But something happens on this particular day. He's standing there, and now an angel stands before him. And when the angel begins to speak, it says, Do not be afraid. It says, Zechariah, verse 12, He was troubled, fear came upon him. The angel of the Lord said, Do not be afraid, for your prayers are heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear a son, and you shall call his name John. Now, if you were an elderly couple, and you have been barren all your life, that might just cause you to drop the incense. <laughs> it might shock you a little bit. How many of you believe if you were an elderly couple, that might shock you to know that, wow, my wife's going to get pregnant. Now, how many of you know God just loves to shock us once in a while? How many of you believe God is a God of surprises? He's a God that likes to cause you to be astonished. You, if you ever do a word study on the word marvel or astonished, in the New Testament, you will find that it's mentioned many times where when they heard the words of Jesus, they were astonished and they marveled at his sayings or the miracles he does. Here we find that the New Testament is introduced by angels appearing to people. The point is this, God wants to visit his people. God not only wants to do it from a historical place, but He wants to come to you today. Amen. He wants to appear. He wants to reveal Himself. Here in this case, Zechariah, his wife, had been praying. And the Bible says, the angel says, I've come to answer your prayer. I've come to give you good news. In verse 15, the angel begins to prophesy greatness like even uh, Randy said this morning, greatness, your son's going to be great. He's going to cause Israel to know the Lord. But notice down in verse 18, then Zechariah said to the Lord, how shall I know this? Or how am I going to figure this out? How many have ever told God, God, this don't make sense. I can't figure this out. Well, let me tell you right now, if you want to get your mouth shut right away, just start questioning the rationale of God. And he says, how am I going to know this? I'm an old man. And remember what the angel did. The angel actually said, from this time forward, you're going to be a mute guy. How many of you know why God has to shut our mouth sometimes? Because it's our mouth that will actually hinder the revelation of the promise to come to pass. Amen. It's our confession. So God says, you know, uh, Zach, buddy, you're going to hinder the whole process. So I'm going to just kind of shut your mouth here for a few months. And uh, at the right time, you're going to declare the name. And so his mouth is shut, and he's going around, mm. Can you imagine? He just comes in from the, behind this veil, and he's supposed to come out. Every priest is supposed to come out on a daily basis. He goes out, intercedes, prays, and offers incense and, and the blood on the mercy seat. And then he comes out, he opens the veil, and he's supposed to stand before the people as a teaching priest, but he stands there, and he can't say nothing. He just stands there and... Mm. He can't say nothing. And everybody's saying, well, what's wrong with Zechariah? That's something's happened. But something else has happened. He's pale. He's different. He just saw an angel. And this angel's told him good news. Do you know sometimes good news can make you do dumb things? Good news can actually make you begin to react and respond because it's out of the norm. Everyone say out of the norm. God wants to change and make a shift in the way things are normal for you. 
Amen. And so the second one is down in Luke chapter 1, if you can jump with me down here. And this is the encounter with Mary, verse 26. The sixth month, the angel Gabriel sent by God to the city of Galilee to Nazareth, a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, the house of David, the virgin's name was Mary. And having come to pass, he says to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she, here it is, was troubled at his saying, Consider the manner the greeting was. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, be afraid. For Mary, you have found favor with God. Everyone say favor with God. Now, I just, I got to say this, folks, because, you know, poor Mary, here's this woman. She's been uh, idolized and she's worshiped. There's religions that likely pray to Mary, worship Mary, pray. Let me tell you, ladies, just say this to you. And guys, Mary is no different than you and me. In fact, what people don't realize is that Mary is really an individual in whom not only the Lord overshadowed and spoke to her and conceived something powerful in her womb, but really she is nothing but a forerunner. She's, she's an example of what God does to all mankind who really receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and receive the, the promise of the Word of God. Because all of you are highly favored of God. All of you, God wants to bring a shift in her life and the angel comes, she's troubled by the saying. By the way, in this story, how many of you know this would kind of be a shock to any system, to a young lady who's engaged, announcement's gone out, amen, Joseph has planned the honeymoon, things are going well, the family has all been notified about the wedding, and all of a sudden the angel appears and says, hey, guess what, you're pregnant. How many of you think that'd be a little bit, bit of a shock? How many of you women would say, wait, time, not me. I want to get married, and I just want to have a great time, and now you're telling me I'm pregnant. How many of you think that kind of be a shock to the system? Well, I believe God had some great plans for her, and Mary, we know that she responded in a way that was favorable, but in verse 34, she says, how can this be since I don't even know a man? The angel said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the highest will overshadow you. Everyone say overshadow. A really important word here because it's the same word. That same word, overshadow, means to come upon. It means to cover. In fact, that's what the Holy Spirit, anytime God begins to move upon anybody, any person, any church, any people that are hungry, when God begins to overshadow, that means He's bringing the power of His influence, the power of His favor upon you. How many of you need, we know we need the, the overshadowing power and presence and influence of the Holy Spirit and he begins to tell her that the Holy One, what will be born of you will be the Son of God. And he begins to reveal prophetic destiny. And Mary said, Behold, the maid, she said, and Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. And Mary arose in those days and she went into the country of Judea. She went to see Elizabeth. And remember when Elizabeth saw her, the Bible says, and Mary was pregnant. And when Elizabeth was pregnant, the Bible says, and here's a young girl responding to the Lord. Mary right now begins to step in what I call a prophetic destiny. And she now begins to bring a powerful influence. God begins to take this young lady and begin to make her a great influence. Everyone say great, great. influence. 
See, because this young girl said, let it be unto me according to your word, God began to use her in an influential way. What is the purpose of the Christmas story? The Christmas story is more than just giving gifts and receiving gifts. It's about you bringing the great influence of God's glory to people around you. It's about you and me becoming a prophetic people that actually empowers and imparts and brings change to the lives of people around us. God intended for you not to be ordinary. He intended for you to be a prophetic influence that not only has the overshadowing glory upon you, but you're bringing life to others around you. This simple little nobody in Judea, little Mary and Joseph being engaged, they, nobody knew them. They, they, were no, they were nobody of any notoriety. Nobody knew them. But because they responded to an abnormal word, a word that was contradictory, a word that did not make sense, a word that kind of just come in and interrupted my plans. God began to raise her up and to begin to use her in ways that she never dreamed of, and him as well, Joseph. And then we have the third encounter is when, remember, I can imagine Mary, this young little girl engaged, she goes home, she tells her fiance, Joseph, guess what? You know, I know we're getting plans, and plans are ready, we're getting engaged, we're getting ready to go get married, the plans are out, the books, the hotels are set, we're ready for honeymoon and all that. But I got to tell you some good news. I had a chat with an angel today. Oh, really? You're talking to angels? Yeah, angels are talking to me. It's crazy, but they're talking to me. By the way, this angel said, I'm pregnant. Well, the Bible says that in Joseph, in Matthew chapter 1, that, that uh, Joseph deciding not to make her a public spectacle, he was going to take her away privately. In other words, the Bible says that Joseph was troubled by this. Do you know that what God does in you and what God speaks to you can actually cause others to question and even they, they, they might even challenge whether you're even rational or not. It's going to cause that. But then the Bible says an angel now appears to Joseph in Matthew 1. And when the angel of the Lord appears, it says, do not be afraid or do not hesitate to take Mary to be your wife because what she has conceived is of the Holy Ghost. And so now Joseph realized, here, here the Lord is behind the wedding. Hey, I still want you to marry the girl. Still want you to marry the guy. But I'm, I'm, I'm bringing you as a couple. I'm taking you guys as a I know you have your plans, but I'm now taking you from just being a carpenter. I'm bringing you into an eternal destiny with some eternal vision. And I'm bringing you into a new level of thinking and a new level of living where you're going to begin to display and bring influence of my glory to people that are so much larger than the circle of influence you've had. How many of you are ready to make a shift to a new place of God's glory and greatness? See, I, and Randy, I so appreciate his word when he talked about greatness, Randy's word today, because it really just coincides. God is seeking to bring all of us. In fact, it started with the Abrahamic covenant. When God told Abraham, Genesis 12, he says, Abraham, I'm going to bless you and I will make you great. 
and you will be a great man with a great name and great nations shall come from kings shall come from your from you he said and i will give you a great name great nations great kings great sons and daughters if you actually go back into the book of genesis and you read the account from genesis clear to genesis 37 38 man it's like a soap opera because you've never seen a more dysfunctional family than abraham isaac and jacob's family I mean, you got enough there to put a soap opera to shame. I mean, you got conspiracy for murder. You got manipulation. You got lying and cheating. I mean, you read the story of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and all the things that were going on. People stealing birthrights and running like cowards. And you got Abraham trying to pawn his wife off before Pharaoh because he was a coward, didn't want to tell, tell him that he was his wife, so she's my sister. I mean, and yet God says, this is the man who I'm going to make as the father of the faith to the whole nation and all the world. You know what that tells me? There's still hope for me then. If God can take an Abraham, Isaac, and a Jacob and use such a dysfunctional family and said, this is the father of faith that I'm going to use to change nation. Thank you, Lord. There's hope for me. Some of you never thought of it like that, maybe. But here we find that God's glory, God's grace is revealed not only to Joseph. Jo jump over with me to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, verse 8. Now when they were in the same country, shepherds living in their fields, keeping the watch over by night, the flocks, behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord showed around them, and they were, and they were all greatly afraid. Now here is an interesting situation. you got shepherds. These shepherds were really on the lowest, on the totem pole. They were on the lowest of, of, of financial subsistence. They were uh, basically just kind of nomads. They, they, they really had nothing. They lived in their fields. They usually brought their sheep into market, usually sometimes in, uh, to the priest. They would sell them for the purpose of sacrifice. In offerings, they would raise their sheep not only for food, but for sacrifice to bring them into the temple for offerings for people to purchase on behalf of their, their yearly atonement, their, their different feasts, the three feasts that they had to come yearly for, and th those things. And so these guys are out in the field. And the Bible says that the angels came to the shepherds by night. These guys, these guys were not usually in tune with what was going on in the world. They, they, they weren't around the palace, and they weren't in the mainstream of society. They were, they were really out there. I, don't, I wouldn't call them hillbillies or anything, but, but they just really weren't in the mainstream of where things were at as far as information and, and uh, just the way things were going on in society. They were just country people taking care of business with sheep way out in the country, just out of touch with society, out of touch with the mainstream of anything going on. And yet these angels come to these guys. How many of you ever felt like you were just out of touch with everything? And yet the Lord says, I'm coming to you today. I'm coming to you and I'm, I'm here to announce some news. It's going to be for you. I'm going to bring my glory and my power and my presence to you. All of a sudden, these guys are afraid. I, I want to tell you something. Anything, every time I've ever asked God to do something new, I didn't anticipate that when he began to do it, it would scare me. Sometimes God begins to open our eyes to things that we're not planning on. 
the Christmas story is about a shift. And he says here, the glory of the Lord shone around him and they were afraid. And it says, and the angel of the Lord says, I want you to be afraid because I've been watching all your dirty little deeds and your little lies and how you take care of them. Is that what he said? He didn't come and start condemning them and telling them all the bad. He says, do not be afraid for behold, I bring you good news. Everyone say good news. Of great joy which will be to all people. And what he's saying, this includes you guys. Good news. By the way, I was thinking, those guys usually living out there, I, I, I wonder if they were drunkards. Maybe there were, some of them could have been pot smokers. By the way, you know they had pot back there in those days? I mean, Pastor Ray, what are you thinking like that for? Hey, you know, I think some strange things sometimes. <laughs> but I've been on the farm. I've been around farmers in Hood River. I used to come from, I'll tell you, some of those, some, you think some of those people don't know what's going on out in the farm, out in the boonies and the stick. Man, I'll tell you, those, those guys know how to get high. They know how to lie, cheat, still just as bad as they are in the city. But you know what? The good news comes to these people. Praise God. These weren't nice, nice little shepherds that we like to portray on a church Sunday play, you know, with halos on their head. No, these guys, you know, they, they were survivors. Just trying to make ends meet. Just trying to... They probably got drunk a little bit, high a little bit, probably cheated a little bit, lied a little bit, a lot of things going on in their life. But the angels come to them. And he says, there's good news for you guys. And he says, great joy for all people. For unto you this day born, in this day of the city of David, a Savior Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And the point is amazing. The angels tell these guys how a baby will be born because really it symbolizes and gives us insight to the fact that God's love, Jesus is willing to reach to the lowest, to the most unbelievable areas of people's living or their existence and to manifest and to reveal himself even in very dark, dark places. By the way, a manger is not where you give birth to babies feeding stall. But here this angel begins to convey something about this baby being born here, conveying the fact that God is reaching to people, even in the very lowest of lowest places. And I love verse 13. And it says, and suddenly there was the angel of multitude and heavenly host praising God, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them in the heavens that the shepherds said one to another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see the thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste, found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen him, they made widely known. Everyone say widely known. These guys turned from farmers to preachers. All of a sudden there was a shift. Something began to ignite their hearts to draw away from what they normally did. And they begin to make widely known. They begin to share something with good news. How many of you are ready for God to use you to be a herald of good news to others? You may not, well, that's not what I do. I just kind of take care of sheep. That's all I know. Well, when, but what's so amazing here 
is not only do the angels talk about the good news and the baby, but the Bible says that the heavens were open and these shepherds begin to see the angelic host. I mean, these guys get the heavens opened up on them. And they're hearing the angels sing, glory to God, to the highest and goodwill. I mean, can you imagine that? I mean, there was a revelation on these men. It's called a shift. It's called something that was bigger than them. The point is, here's the point. God is coming to people who are not looking for him. God is here to reveal something to all of us. And he's wanting to let you know that he's going to bring the spirit of the Almighty and he's going to overshadow you with his grace. Amen. How many of you know the Bible says the word of the Lord? The Bible says that Jesus was the word made flesh and we all beheld his glory. And the glory was the glory of the only begotten of the Father. The good news is this, is that in spite of who you are, where you've come from, doesn't matter what walk of life you're in, doesn't matter what hang up or problem you've come through, doesn't matter what your checkered past is like, doesn't matter if you had a felony on you, doesn't matter if you have a good reputation, a bad reputation. It seems to be in, this pass in these passages that the angels were touching different people in different walks of life. And his intent was to bring a shift in the way they think and the way they live and to bring them into an understanding that he wants to make, bring them into a place of influence with good tidings and good news to all men. Amen? It's called a shift. It's called the Christmas encounter. And you know what? He opened their eyes. He opens Mary's eyes. What happened to Mary? was not intended just to end with Mary. Because it's a powerful picture of salvation. Because when we conceive of the word of God in our hearts, you know, we all have a womb, by the way. The womb is in our heart. When the seed comes and there's a conception with faith and love, the Bible says, I love what the angel said to Mary, it says, and he shall be great. What is being birthed in us, God intends to bring the sense of greatness. What Randy said something today I thought was really, he said, God cannot uh, use anything through you until he first reveals it in you. I think, I, I think he said, said it that way. God has to reveal his glory in you before his glory can flow through you. And here's the beautiful thing. When the Lord chose these different individuals in their different places and walks in life, his intent was to do this. His intent was to let you know that greatness is part of your destiny. Greatness is part of, and influence is part of your destiny. And it's not going to be anything that you can do in your own strength. But there is going to require on our parts faith. We're going to have to learn to embrace things that contradict logic and reason. Amen? I mean, you know, it's a walk of faith. When God begins to speak to us, I believe this new year, I, I'm, I'm saying, oh, Lord, yes to all of the promises of God. Yes to the, the glory and all the things that God wants to do. I've come to realize that if God is going to do anything miraculously through me, I must allow 
the word of the Lord at times to offend my mind to reach my heart so he can do something beyond. Because that's, that's, that's what supernatural is. Supernatural means God moving, working through someone who is willing to believe things that are beyond logic or reason. That's what he's doing. But here at Christmas is the glory of God. It's the glory of Jesus being revealed in us. I believe the Lord wants to take fathers and mothers, husbands and wives. He wants to bring a shift. He wants you to begin to see yourself, not just as a dentist, a teacher, a doctor, a lawyer, carpenter. He wants you to begin to see yourself as a mighty man of God, mighty woman of God, someone who's been overshadowed by God's glory in his presence to make you an influence, to make you a blessing. You are a blessing. Amen? These people's lives were changed forever. Their lives were changed forever. The greatest gift, of course, is Jesus in our heart, Jesus in our life, but it's Him opening my eyes. New Life Fellowship is not to be ordinary. It's to be extraordinary. We're moving from poverty to riches. Not, not natural. I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about riches that money can't buy. I'm talking about moving from small-mindedness to great-mindedness. Embracing things that are beyond the scope or beyond the parameters of where you are and how you think. God wants His church to dream big. The whole purpose of Jesus coming to Zechariah, then Mary, to, then to Joseph, to the shepherds by night, and to, to the, the Magi from Babylon. God was saying, there's something coming to the earth. And it's the glory of the Lord revealed upon the earth through Jesus who will be the firstborn among many. He's going to start it in seed form. But as those who begin to receive by faith what Jesus is and who he is in their life, that glory will then begin to spread and begin to multiply in God's goodness, in his favor, in his loving kindness, in his greatness will not only be revealed to men, but flow from them. You are to have a family that reveals and reflects the glory of the Father, His goodness, His majesty. You are not victims. You are not just people eking by in a, in a life trying to survive. No, you're going to come through bright and shining, full of the glory of God. You're going to have answers. You're going to walk in a supernatural wisdom that this generation needs. You are the light of the world. The, 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 the Christmas encounter isn't just some historical setting with some church doing a little play and a cantata for us to go home and say, well, thank you, Jesus, for being born. No, it was much bigger than that. It's Jesus being revealed and overshadowing my life with his glory and his greatness and using me to bring wisdom to a lost world. It's me beginning to think bigger than myself. It's me beginning to look at myself and say, wait a minute. I'm not just like Mary or Joseph just planning a little wedding. No, God's going to use our marriage to really influence thousands and millions. God's going to use our little lives as shepherds and really become heralds of a good news to people who are really dying in an economy that has no hope, but we're going to bring them to the true riches of God's exceeding greatness and glory. You see, God's lifting our vision and making us a prophet.
prophetic voice in the land. You're a voice. You're not just some little guy parked in Garland, Texas, just trying to eke through life, pay my bills, get to retirement, and die. That's bigger than that. It's so much bigger than that. The Christmas story is an explosion. It's an amazing revelation of God coming into the scene and just bringing some shock treatment. Do you know that your life is going to be shocking? It's going to bring some shock. Not in a negative way. But you go through the Gospels and you come into the book of Acts and the Bible says you have these 12 disciples in the early church healing the sick, raising the dead, bringing life. And the Bible says that in Acts chapter 248, that in Jerusalem it says that the disciples and the early Christians, it said they had the favor of all the people with the exception of the religious Pharisees. You know, our testimony should be that because of the good news and the glory of resting upon us, people look at us and say, you know what? One thing about these Christians, they really reflect the love of God and the integrity of who Jesus is, and they walk in a wisdom that's not natural. They, they, they walk like Daniel did, who brought Nebuchadnezzar to his needs because of the wisdom, and the, and, and the, the Bible says that Nebuchadnezzar spoke of Daniel, says, who can we find in all of Babylon with a spirit such as Daniel? There's a different spirit on the man. See, all of you have that same spirit if you have the Holy Spirit. But here it is. God, God is seeking to bring a revelation of who you are and what you have. Amen? Are you ready for Christmas? Are you ready to open up some real presents? Are you ready to open up your heart and allow the Holy Spirit to reveal the greatness he has for you? It's Jesus not only in you, but on you and through you. I'm anticipating a great year, folks. We're no longer going to look in the rearview mirror, dwell on the past, and get all upset with all the people that hurt us and offended us and burned us out. I, you just don't understand what I went through, Pastor Ray. I lost my job, and they just mishandled me, and they just hurt me. And I, you know, the devil wants you to live in the past and dwell on your hurts and just kind of wallow in the, what I call, I call it Satan's playground. You know what Satan's playground is? Self-pity. If he can keep you into self-pity, he has you immobilized, he has you paralyzed, and he knows you will not be effective in doing anything powerful and influential and glorious that you were created to be. Here's the point. There's nothing you've walked through that God has not given you the grace to come through it to bring you out to be a champion on top. Nothing. That it's how you take what you've walked through and you begin to make a shift. And the Bible says, in everything, I'm going to give thanks. For this is the will of God. I'm going to learn to give thanks. I'm going to learn to take my lemons and make some lemonade. I hate that slogan, but I'm going to use it. God wants you to take your lemons and make some lemonade out of it. Amen? I want you to begin to see your life. The Christmas encounter. It's about God taking me where I've been and moving me up, bringing some promotion, opening my eyes. Wow. Wow. Get ready for some promotion, some of you. 
Get ready for healing. Get ready for breakthrough. Get ready for some ideas and dreams. Get ready for some angelic encounters. Some of you are bad. I don't want no angel visiting me. Well, then they won't come to you. I'm asking God, Lord, send all the angels you want. Lord, just plaster my brain with some dreams. Open my mind with dreams. Overshadow me, Lord, with words of knowledge, words and dreams and thoughts that are beyond my ability to grasp it. God will actually answer those prayers. But if you just are close, oh, no, God, don't do that to me. Don't do he won't. He'll pass you right by. And you can keep playing church. And you can find churches that are playing church, and they're just happy in their little religious system and their little religious uh, routine. And by the way, there's plenty of churches, plenty of Christians just playing church, playing games, and God, God can't use them. God, can't, God won't work. It's not that he doesn't want to. He wants to. But keep in mind, God only responds to faith. For without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is what? A rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Amen? We're ready to open some Christmas presents, aren't we? We're going to open some presents that are unreal. We're open some things that are beyond what we could even imagine or think. My Bible says unto him who is able to do what? Exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask or think according to the power that worketh in you. Let's all stand to our feet, shall we? Thank you, Lord. I want you to take your neighbor by the hand because I believe that we're all coming into this together. Amen? Okay. Thank you, David. I need bigger ears so my clip will stay on. Amen. I didn't know it came up. Praise God. All right. We're coming into this together. Amen. Father, we thank you today. Lord, we thank you for the Christmas story. We thank you, Lord, for the revelation of Jesus. Not just born in a manger, but born in our hearts, born in our families, born in our vision, born in our prayers. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you come this morning to bring a rich deposit of faith and vision. You've come to lift us up into a place of destiny. Lord, we're not going back. We're moving forward. We're coming higher. Lord, our dreams aren't big enough for what you want to do. Lord, our thoughts and our minds, our prayers haven't even been big enough. We've been too small-minded. We've limited. We've tied your hands in the past. But Lord, just like Mary, our confession is today, let it be unto me according to your word. According to your word. Everyone say, according to your word. In fact, let, say that same phrase with me that Mary said, let it be unto me according to your word. Amen. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for the revelation and the power of the promise. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you have believed in us because of your word and because of what you've accomplished. You believe in us. You stand with us. You've never forsaken us. You'll never leave us. Lord, I pray that this week will be such an amazing time around even the Christmas tree, even in homes, and as people are celebrating in the dinner time. Lord, I just pray your glory would just come, just descending upon them in your power and presence, Lord. 
I just pray for fathers and husbands and wives and mothers, Lord, to just speak vision to their kids. Even as they're opening presents, help them to just prophesy. Prophets, prophetess, prophesying vision, destiny over our children. So much of the time we get our kids presents and they're tired of them in five minutes. But Lord, help us as parents to give our children something that's lasting, meaningful. That prophetic revelation through that encounter because of Christmas. Lord, I I ask you, Lord, that this year will become a shift, a, a time where we shift. We're making a shift out of unbelief into faith, out of blindness into vision, out of being small minded into great mindedness, coming, Lord, from shallow Christian living into great influence and effectiveness, Lord, in our society and around us. Lord, we thank you for this nation. We thank you for America. In spite of the bad news, Lord, there's good news. And Lord, there's a news that Jesus is alive. And Lord, you're raising up a glorious church. And as we come alive to the promises of God, and we begin to look at things differently, you're going to reveal yourself. And the glory of the Lord shall cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. Help us to arise and shine, for our light is come. And everyone said, Amen. Turn to someone and give them.